Sips and Ish, what is up? Before we start this podcast, I want to take just one second and ask a giant favor. Wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. A five-star review would be amazing and help us so much. Now, let's mix a drink and get started. So awesome to be here after a one-week hiatus. I want to tell you a little bit about that. We had our very first technical issue, and this podcast almost didn't happen. In fact, I almost feel like this podcast was a podcast that wasn't meant to be, but I'm so glad it actually came through our podcast uh, provider, Riverside.fm, where we record our podcast set, actually recovered this file got it to me and we have it one week late but we're here so it's cool hopefully we have no more interruptions but our guest this week is logan smith from kalamazoo michigan logan is known as dj Lowstacks in the club world and we talk about that name and how he pivoted from that name and how his brand lux entertainment was born I feel like one of the reasons why I connected with Logan during the podcast so much, and even prior to the podcast, is because he's not afraid to get started on something if he believes in it. He's also not afraid of rejection. He's not afraid of being told, hey, this could be improved in this way, and he'll make those changes if he truly believes in them. So now, let's talk about our drink. We made a simple Manhattan. I used Stolen Wolf Pennsylvania Rye wanted to send him something from the Monongahela section, and of course, my childish sense of humor, I only wanted to send him that because he's from Kalamazoo, and Monongahela, Kalamazoo, they're both kind of goofy names. But regardless, we poured two ounces of Pennsylvania rye, we did three quarters of an ounce of my house blend sweet vermouth, a couple dashes of bitters, give it a stir, poured it into a chilled glass, and we just did, we didn't just drink that, we kept on drinking too, we kept on free pouring bourbon and, and having a good conversation. It goes almost two hours, so I'm not going to blab too much here because you get to know, get to know Logan all throughout the podcast. So Sips and Ish, let's pour that drink and get it started. Sips and Ish, I am here with my man Logan. Logan, how are you doing, man? Good, man. Just, uh... Living the dream, you know? <laughs> we are recording this an hour late. I am a terrible podcast host today. My toddler was dealing with some sleep regression, but man, I'm so glad to be here with Logan Smith. How's Kalamazoo doing? Good. I mean, weather's been all right. Snow is finally gone. We had some 70 degree weather this week. It's going to be cold and rainy this weekend, of course. But other than that, Michigan's still shut down, so no events. That part sucks. But are you guys still shut down? Yeah. Um, 50% capacity for restaurants. And then I think it's like 10 people for private events. Seriously. Yeah. Any, or, any light at the end of the tunnel or is. I haven't heard anything. Honestly, I, I've heard nothing at all. So. Are, to... are your clients actually going to proceed with weddings and everything or. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know. I've got a bunch of May events and I'm not sure exactly 
what their what their thoughts are. I've got I'm personally booked every weekend in May, and I've got I have four other DJs that work for me, and I'm pretty sure most of them are all booked as well. There might there might be one or two weekends that they aren't all booked, so it's gonna be a pretty heavy May. I'm just fingers crossed that it actually happens, you know. Yeah, hell yeah, man! It's uh, that'd be exciting, especially if that continues throughout the summer too. Yeah, I mean, we're basically. Let's see. I have I have three Saturdays off between May and October twenty fourth. So, it's a good problem to have, assuming it continues. Before we start, though, I want to pour this drink, man. I'm actually I'm gonna be ghetto here and. Uh, since I'm a little bit late for the podcast, I'm building mine right in the glass. I'm not even using a mixing glass. But uh, do you still have yours or did you? Uh, down I haven't opened it yet. I've been drinking bourbon straight. Wait, oh, for it. nice. Logan has pre gamed which I love. Yeah, I got the, the, the branded Lux Entertainment glass here. Do you really? Let's see that. Uh, oh, you're not going to be able to read it now, but I'm just going to pour it all. Hell yeah, man. Go big or go home. Oh, my um, cherry's stuck in there. No. Yeah, yeah. I did that on purpose. I wanted oh, to okay. uh, wanted to get some of that cherry flavor there, so I just kind of crammed it in with my mixing spoon. But yeah, these glasses, my girlfriend actually made me a set. So it's like this etching stuff. Basically, you put a reverse, um, reverse vinyl sticker on it, and then you paint this etching stuff on there, and it it etches your logo into the glass. So nice. right, I'm going to touch your mythology skills here. Dude, I totally, I forgot my vermouth upstairs. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> That's good, man. Is it solid? Oh, it's good. Very. I like the fact that you picked a uh, Pennsylvania bourbon for me or whiskey for me. Yeah. So um, I, I had a reason for that too. Because it's a Monongahela style rye, which is a pre-prohibition rye. Okay. And I, just, I mean, I'm, I'm immature, and I thought Monongahela, um, Kalamazoo, both Indian names. I'm like, why the hell not? Ah, nice, nice. <laughs> I never thought of that. That is my uh, crazy logic. So, dude, well, we've um, known each other like, what, maybe like three or four years just on the online DJ world. We've crossed paths at DJ Collective. Never really had a good chance to chat, so I'm pumped for this. No, we haven't. <clears throat> I think we talked for like maybe five, ten minutes tops, like over the course of the collective. Yeah, so that yeah. was you know, three days. But no, I think we've, we've definitely chatted back and forth comment wise on stuff and, you know, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, all that stuff. But yeah, not a whole lot of FaceTime, really. Yeah, good to have a sit down. So what's your girlfriend's name? Uh, Shana. Shana. And, do you, and she lives with you, right? Yep. 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 And you guys just, did you guys just get a place or are you in the midst of kind of fixing up a place you recently bought? So I just bought a house seven weeks ago, eight, seven or eight weeks ago. Now I'm really, really, really lost track. It was, my closing date was January 15th. So that's when I closed. Okay. Um, Congrats. But yeah, we moved in. We've only been actually living here for a few weeks. Basically gutted everything except for the kitchen cabinets and the countertops. So it's been a, uh, it's been a journey. Luckily, I'm pretty handy, so I've done the majority of the work myself. Um, I've got a buddy that's really good at tile, so he's done all the tile work, but we did the floors together, vinyl vinyl plank, had new carpet installed in the bedrooms and the living room, uh, and about a 1,000 square foot of vinyl that we've put down. So 
yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. I redid this fireplace behind me, so okay. uh, I actually this is this might be my new. I'm I'm building an office in the basement right now, so um, I started framing that today actually. But this might be my new spot for YouTube videos. Yeah, you do the, a lot of YouTube shit, year. don't you? I, I haven't posted a YouTube video since I bought this house. Well, so, uh, oh, the only thing I noticed, I was I was doing some spying, and like you had like. 30 35 or 40 some thousand subscribers um 100 so i have 3700 3700 yeah. yes i'm sorry yes. still pretty yeah. impressive for like i, I mean, wish it was 37000 yeah <laughs> i wish the thing about the dj like niche is there's it's it's really hard to grow i mean if you think of some of the biggest youtubers you've got like dj bar rick webb you know, as far as like mobile dj's and, you know, bars only got like 60,000, like Rick's at like 43 or something. Wow. So that's, that's a drop in the bucket compared to some YouTubers that have like 9 million, you know? Oh yeah. So it's, it's a really tough, uh, it's really tough to, you're definitely, I mean, if you're going to make a living at it, you've got to, I mean, I don't, I don't, I know, I know how much I make. I make like 60 bucks a month off of it. So <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a, no, I'm not killing it by any means. So I would say keep at it because everything that I read in terms of numbers and social media these days is brands are kind of trending towards micro influencers versus like the giant influencers that have millions of followers. Micro, and micro influencers from what I read have a more loyal following and they have more influence, which is what an influencer should be. So if you're making videos that are centered around DJ products, mobile DJ products, wedding DJ products, things like that, it's going to hit that micro influencer net. And who the hell knows, man, like maybe you'll make a little bit more money, but you know, you also get some product gear samples to kind of test out and uh, run with too. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've definitely got my hands on quite a bit of free stuff um, or discounted things. Um, like I, I'm an affiliate for photo booth supply co. So I, I get a little bit of a cut every time I sell one of those things. Which is pretty cool. That's a phenomenal. I've known that last so. week because I just grabbed one. Yeah, the salsa booth is, dude. It's we uh we've branded it. We we're not calling it salsa. We're calling it lyric here. Okay. Uh, I had to come up with my own name for it just uh to kind of give. Yeah, it a I call mine the Lux booth. I mean. Okay. So. Yeah, so I saw you had it branded, and that was pretty sweet. I yeah, yeah. So that's just a vinyl sticker that I stuck on the back of it. Nothing, nothing crazy. So what do you um so when you say you're an affiliate for photo booth supply i can uh, hit you up next time i need one if i need two of them yeah so basically i mean i don't really get like discounts or anything but if you buy one through my link i get a small commission is basically right. how it works yeah, and i don't need discounts man i just uh if i could hook you up in some kind of short some kind of way that'd be awesome yeah if you want to buy another one i can get you the link <laughs> and, and we have a lot of djs that listen or listen or our our listenership is mostly djs so djs if you're looking for a dope photo booth photo booth hit them up yeah i mean uh i think if you if you search the salsa booth on youtube i'm pretty sure i'm one of the first videos to pop up i've got a couple different videos that i've posted on it so especially when the i think the one that did pretty well was the one with when they released the the hands-free mode okay um that one took off pretty well that, that's a really cool feature so have you got your salsa yet no, dude, I actually just got the uh, backdrop in the Atlas stand today. There are a okay. couple of backdrops in the Atlas stand today. I haven't even taken them out of the box, but no salsa yet. 
yeah so i wasn't like i mean i'd seen the salsa online and stuff and i wasn't like super sold on it until i saw it at the collective mm-hmm. and i actually had a different ipad booth prior to that and it was like a whole nother level as far as like build quality and stuff and just you know it just it looks so sweet i was like all right this fits my branding perfectly so yeah. i need one <laughs> so yeah, i hit up brandon yeah, I hit up Brandon and I was like, hey, man, you know, I got a YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can give me some sort of a deal. He's like, I can't give you a deal, but if you make a video on it and people buy it through your link, I can give you a commission. And I was like, okay, that works. Yeah, hell yeah. So. And I, I think, I think the, so the Salsa booth has a great design. The software is pretty nice from what I've played with so far. Um, but I, the thing I think I like the most about it is actually the shell design of it, man, and, and just how much it fits my brand versus other kind of like, everybody else's uh, photo booths, I guess you could yeah, say. Just, Plus the ease of use for it. Yeah, the fact that it's an oval instead of a circle is just, I mean, that simple feature right there is just, you know, people are like, they, they double take at it, you know? And what I really like about it is the fact that you don't have to have an attendant. So people will just, well, they just walk up and you just use it and it's super easy. So I've found that, you know, the guests are just way more themselves with it. You know, okay. they're not, they're not as, I guess, you know, stiff. So they'll, you know, they'll come up, they'll do a photo, then they'll do a gift and they'll do a boomerang. And then it's how many, how many people can you fit in the photo? How many people can you fit in the boomerang? Uh-huh. You know, I had a wedding you know, it was last, last summer, last fall. It was like an 80 person wedding, which is obviously that was the norm last year. So it was like 80 people. They had like 200 and 260 or 280 captures for 80 people. I was like, holy crap. I thought it was, I thought it was like a, I don't know. I thought it was an error. Like a bunch of pictures got taken duplicates or something, but no, they just used the heck out of it. It was kind of wild. So tell me a little bit about Kalamazoo. How big is Kalamazoo? So Kalamazoo city is about 77,000, but we have a neighboring city called Portage, which like when you cross from Kalamazoo to Portage, you don't even know that you did it really. It's just like, literally it's, you know, one of those type of things. Um, it's kind of like a good example would be like Phoenix, the city of Phoenix, how you've got Phoenix and Scottsdale and Mesa and all that. You can't really tell that you're crossing because it's just, it's all, it's basically all Phoenix. It's kind of like that. So the total surrounding area, I guess you'd say like the Kalamazoo metro area is about 130,000. Okay. It's decent size. And it seems like you guys are kind of the market leader there, right? Um, there's another Yes, sure. <laughs> yeah, just say yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as as far as uh, like the luxury events, yes, definitely. Um, there's a few other DJ brands around. A lot of single apps. Um, I think as far as multi apps, there's only one other multi app in town, and they're um, older guys. Okay. So they're they're all kind of getting to the they're almost all to the point where they're, they're starting to kind of phase themselves out, not doing as many events. Um, they actually tried to headhunt me when I first came out with, when I first, well, when Lux first came to fruition, right? They tried to headhunt me and, and bring me on because all of a sudden I was ranking right next to them on Google and they were, you know, probably panicking a little bit, which it was actually kind of funny. I was at a, we were at a wedding show and one of their guys comes up, introduces himself. I'm like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. He goes, hey, I want to introduce you to um, our talent acquisition guy. I'm like, all right, 
sure. So he comes over and he goes, hey, my name's so-and-so. I'm like, hey, I'm Logan. He goes, oh, I know who you are. I'm like, oh, cool. He goes, yeah, you rank right behind us on Google. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. That's, I mean, I guess that's kind of a strange thing to know, but he knew that I was creeping on him. And they tried to headhunt me. I wasn't doing it. I said, no, thank you. I'm going to do my own thing. And now I've outranked them on Google. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. So that's actually why I asked is I always do a little bit of homework on my guests, especially the guests that like I'm not close, close with. And I mean, I Googled Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo wedding DJs, and then you were right there right on top. Not only were you right there on top, but as a marketer and somebody that likes, uh, likes the presentation end of things, your presentation was very clean. You had what seemed to be the most Google reviews, I think 50 some and everybody else was like two or three or four or seven, whatever. So yeah, your yeah. presence is awesome, man. Yeah, I've put a, I've put a big emphasis on Google. Um, not for any particular reason, just I, I figured, hey, why not? You know, um, why not rank well on Google? So I still think that's where people are, for the most part, you know, people are scouring on Instagram and, but I think they meet you on Instagram once they hit your website or follow you there from some other, some other reason. But for the most part, I think when people are looking for DJs, they're still looking for on Google. So, yeah, no, and actually that's, that's, well, a good topic. So uh, that's one of the first questions that I ask in every, every consultation call that I have is how did you hear about us? And I'm thinking, I haven't actually done the math on this, but I would say it's getting close to 60 to 70% Google and the rest is referral or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely the Google, the, the Google inquiries are, are definitely creeping up there. Um, especially for people like outside of the Kalamazoo area that might be coming to Kalamazoo to get married or coming you know, around this area. Um, or I think I'm just starting to rank just in, in Michigan in general, maybe, because I get a lot of inquiries for, so the Grand Rapids is like the biggest city on the west side of the state um they're probably a couple million people and um i'm actually ranking up there too which is surprising so there's uh, a lot do more you blog after events or what was that do you do any blogging after your events like uh stating where you've been and, and things like just that? the gig logs so i do the gig logs videos, right? what's that those are videos yes okay yes so i do the videos and then um, what I do is I post those on YouTube and then from there, I just embed the URL into a blog post on my website. And sometimes I do do a short little description of the event, basically just, um, you know, where it was at any other vendors that I might know of a quick rundown of, you know, how it kind of went and then a embedded, you know, video from the or link to the YouTube channel, basically, you know, on, on the website. <clears throat> so I don't know if that's helping with the rankings. It could be, uh, I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I, I think it's just a simple fact that not as many people are putting as much effort into their online presence as I am. Yeah. People kind of suck at that, especially DJs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, it's wild. It's a, I mean, our industry is a weird industry, man. There's just a lot of guys that like, I mean, there's some guys that have a lot of talent and have no wherewithal in terms of how to market themselves, how to position themselves. And that's kind of unfortunate. But then there's also a lot of guys that just flat out suck. And then they don't know how to market themselves, don't know how to position themselves anyway. And then, but the, sometimes those guys that suck 
just kind of luck into being like the long-standing DJ in their market and they just get work. Yeah. I mean, when I look at some of my competition, I guess, you know, I look at their websites and things like that. A lot of them don't even have a website. You know, they just have a Facebook page or whatever. And even there, I like, I think I've got like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't put any emphasis on Facebook at all, but I think I've got like 23 or 2,400 likes on my Facebook, my business page. Um, The only thing that I ever do with the business page is when I post on Instagram, it posts to Facebook as well. Same. And I, I get probably, I don't know, for a while there, it was like one or two likes a day. I was getting on the Facebook business page for no, no reason at all. It was just, just click, 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 just, just growing. And, um, I don't, I don't know how Facebook works as far as, you know, the, the emphasis that they put on, on putting it in front of people, but it'd be like people that I've never even people that I don't know, people I've never even heard of, you know, that are just somehow my page is getting put in front of them. It could be people you haven't heard of, but it could also be moms. Moms of the couples, things like that. Moms. Yeah, Facebook, it's got to be moms. It's got to be moms, moms and grandmoms. So, Logan, I want to know about yourself. I want to hear, I want to know about where you started as a DJ. But first, I have to say, you work a full time job on top of running a uh, six figure DJ company, correct? Yes. Um, It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. But I love it. So, I don't know. My girlfriend says that I'm coin driven. So <laughs> I think that means that I like money. I'm pretty sure that's what she means by that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm in sales. I sell food to restaurants. Okay. So I've been a DJ for 15 years. So a lot of the relationships that I've made, uh, through DJing has really helped me succeed in the restaurant food sales. So a lot of the you know, the, the bars that I used to work at, those those servers and bartenders are now restaurant managers and GMs. And, you know, it's just, it's really, it's pretty wild when uh, competitors or other people that work for the same company that I do go in and try to open an account and they can't, they can't get anywhere. And then I walk in and they're like, oh, hey, Logan. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, buy food for me. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's nice that those relationships, it's kind of really cool how it cross pollinates. So yeah, I've been able to and their friends, man. Yeah, so it's I've been able to basically take old friendships and rekindle those to develop this food sales job, and then also new relationships that I've developed, you know, through the job. I've been able to take those and use that towards the DJ business as far as networking and you know events and stuff like that. Like some of these restaurants that do caterings, I've got them referring me for weddings. So it's awesome, man. Cool. That is a very good side. You're getting both sides of the coin, I guess you could say there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I guess you just started uh, stated, pardon me, that um, you've DJed for 15 years and you mentioned playing in bars and everything. Is that how you got your start? Yeah. So, you know, started in my mom's basement, like a lot of people. Um, not my mom's basement, but their mom's basement, probably. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the the start really came from a good friend of mine, he wanted to get into DJing. I've always been kind of music slash computer savvy. So I was the, I was the kid. I I tell this story in consultation sometimes, but I was literally the kid in seventh grade when CD burners came out. I was 
burning CDs and selling them out of my locker. Like I was, I was in middle school selling CDs to seniors for five bucks a pop and I ended up getting kicked out of school for it. But that's a uh, side note. You, wait, but, you ended up getting kicked out of school for that? Yeah, because they told me to stop doing it and I didn't. So, so is it expelled? That's the term, right? What's that? Expelled is a term, not suspended, but expelled. Expelled. Well, not expelled. Expelled is like a permanent thing. Okay. Suspended was like it was like a three day suspension. I got kicked out of school for three days. So my mom had to come in and talk to the principal, and you know, it's one of those things where I I I appreciate the hustle, but what he's doing is illegal. What are those things? Yeah, you think they'd, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I kind of like the uh, entrepreneurship of uh, young Logan, though. Yeah, it was, you know, you know, and I, I even upgraded from like the black cases to like the colored jewel cases. So like the girls, I give them the pink and the purple cases and the guys would get like red or blue or green. Now, were you just making like Logan mixes, stuff that you were feeling or were you customizing them? Um, basically, so I was using like, Napster, LimeWire, FrostWire, whatever was whatever yeah, was yeah. Great back the then. Virus machines. Yeah, the virus machines. So I was just basically whatever was on TRL, pretty much. You know, whatever was popular at the time, I was just taking taking those songs, finding you know, downloading versions of them, and basically every week I'd come out with every week or two I'd come out with like a new mix and I'd just sell it. But yeah, so I mean, it worked. I made I made decent money five bucks a pop so it was profitable <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know man fuck that principal <laughs> right what a dick but, yeah but back to the the you know the dj story so i started out you know it's always kind of been into music and then one of my buddies wanted to get into djing uh basically he had an opportunity a friend of his uh, was opening up a bar uh and they wanted he wanted to be the dj right so we started researching equipment and that type of stuff. And, you know, I ended up buying a, what did we buy? Like a, a Behringer DDM 4000 mixer and we were using virtual DJ and I had like a, some sort of weird sound card, no decks. So it was straight, straight virtual DJ. Um, started out that way, just sync button faders, whatever. And, uh, then I got like a, Her a little Hercules controller. So that was my first dabble in actually having two decks. And this all this was all quick. This was all within a year. Um, went from the Hercules to I bought my first set of 1200s. Uh, and then when I got those, I bought a Serato box. So I, I remember meeting a guy at a gas station. It was like this shady Hispanic dude. Did not speak very good English. I met him at a gas station. I'm pretty sure I paid like 500 bucks for an SL2 uh, and some control vinyl. And then vinyl was so scratched up that the needles were jumping. And like, I thought that it was something wrong with the needles or the turntables. And I didn't know how to balance needles. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to work the tone arms. I didn't know anything about it. So uh, one of them actually ended up having to replace the tone arm, which luckily I'm pretty savvy soldering and all that stuff so i replaced the tone arm got it working so that was kind of a situation where i got ripped off a little bit but fixed it and then that was my first uh kind of jump into serato so uh after that it was you know no looking back and i did my first wedding when i was 22 i think it was one of those situations where uh one of my buddies comes up to me at the bar and he's like hey man i'm getting married 
you know, you, you want to DJ my wedding? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> I will not be a wedding. I will not be a wedding DJ. I'm not getting into that. It's not going to happen. And uh, I ended up doing it. I liked it. I had fun. I didn't even have lights. So I had literally two freaking 600 watt Behringer speakers on tripods, a folding table, no scrim, no tablecloth, no nothing, orange extension cords and wires all over the place. And yeah, everybody had fun. And I started booking weddings after that. That's how it all started. My story is very similar. I mean, when you first start doing weddings and there is a giant stigma for guys that do bars and clubs. And when the wedding questions start getting asked, Hey, do you spin weddings or can you spin a wedding? It really like, you're kind of like, no, I'm not going to do the chicken dance. Uh, Not for me. And I was never a mic guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not heavy on the mic. I can navigate my way through just about anything. And this podcast is actually helping me get better and be more aware of my flaws on the microphone, I guess you could say. YouTube was, has been huge for me. So editing my YouTube videos, I've gotten so much better on the microphone through learning how to talk to a camera and not say, um, or, uh, and like getting rid of all those filler words on the camera. So I don't have to edit them out later. Yes. Help me (laughs) on the microphone. It's, it's crazy how, and this pronunciation of words and, you know, everything, it's just, it's, it's wild how much better I've gotten, uh, you know, at, at, on the microphone just from doing YouTube videos. And that's definitely a strength for sure. My word, so these words, I, I call them transition words. And I had this conversation with Digital Dave this week too. Um, so there's an um right there. Instead of letting it be silent, you say, um, it's a transition word. It's an uncomfortable silence word. Mine was so, or, and still is so. So I'll go so, 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 so all the time. And it's, uh, yeah, you just have to kind of pick up on them and, and not do them as much. Mine was, you, you like when I'm talking to a person, I find this like in, in sales, I find it, I say, you know, a lot, you know, you know, you know, you know, that's just, that's my fellow word is my, I'm trying to think of what I want to say next or where I want to lead the conversation, you know, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just see, I just did it right there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're very uncomfortable with silence and that's, you just have to have, you have to have something to say. So you come up with that filler word and it's different for everybody. Well, it's one of those things where they say that, you know, a, I just said it right there. Uh, <laughs> what do they say? It's one second of silence is like 30 seconds in your mind kind of thing. So you think it's, it's longer than it really is. It's probably 10,000 times worse for DJs because if you can imagine the music stopping at an event for one second, that's going to seem well, like, feels like an eternity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we hate silence, man. Absolutely. So I'm going to take a sip here. I finally collected my calm after uh dude. So you guys don't have kids yet, right? No kids yet. We have a cat and a dog. Oh, so do we love it. Um, having a child is amazing. It's beautiful. But number one, you, you will not have, you will not have spare time. You and your girl, you and your girl want to wake up and uh, have sex. You can do that. You guys want to go do that right now. You can do that. Um, if you guys want to just pick up on like a Wednesday night and say, hey, let's go to a restaurant, let's go to a bar, you can do that. You can't do that with kids. Not to say it's not an amazing thing. It's just different. Um, right. the, sleep, the sleep regression is trying. So it was two and a half hours tonight. We brought her up to bed at eight. 
Uh, my girlfriend is a GM at a local restaurant. So it was all me. And the thing is now, like, she won't let you leave the room. So you get her down to bed, and she's not going to sleep on her own. So, dude, it was like screaming bloody murder. So I'm like, I have to host a podcast. I want to be chill. I want to be calm. kind of want to gather myself. And, uh, yeah, that didn't, that opportunity didn't present itself tonight. And now it has. So I'm happy. Yeah, I was like, man, is he, is he going to, like, is he just holding me up? Is he going to st- stand me up? Like, what's going I, on? I was wondering. I'm like, Logan thinks I'm going to ghost him, man. It's like, am I not cool enough to be on this podcast? <laughs> no, dude, you're plenty cool. I'm honored to have you, and I'm glad to have this conversation today. With that being said, I'm going to transition. If I didn't scare the shit out of you there, are kids in your future? At, you know, absolutely. Um, I'm 33, and, you know, I. it's one of those situations where it's like I, my girlfriend wants to have kids tomorrow, you know, and yeah. – it's you know she keeps telling me that you know you're you're never gonna be ready because I keep saying I keep always I basically it's like excuses same things with getting with getting married. That's what we do yeah she's like well are we ever gonna get engaged I'm like I want to do this first I wanted to buy a house first yep. I wanted to make six figures first I wanted you know and the, I keep checking these boxes off and I keep having to find new boxes <laughs> <laughs> the goalpost <laughs> keeps on moving further yeah yeah so you know. It, at this point, I'm running out of I'm running out of goalposts. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna have to just do it sooner or later. Not that I don't want to, I do want to, but it's uh, it's a big big commitment, you know, big decision. It is. It's scary. I I still haven't. I've been with my girl for ten plus years on and off, and uh, we're still not married. Let's, hopefully, she's not right upstairs listening to this <laughs> conversation because I I get it too. I feel I feel you, man. Yeah, so we're going on three. It'll be three years in, oh man, was it it's Labor Day weekend? Okay. So, so it'll be three years Labor Day weekend, and um, we've been living living together for well, just over a year. So we spent a year. We both had our own places for the first year, then we moved in together, and that was kind of my decision. Because I've rushed into things with previous relationships, and I felt like that had a big impact in why they didn't work out. So she, she wanted to live together. And I was like, no, let's, I want to wait. I don't want to move in together right away. So uh, we waited and lived together in an apartment for a year and then just bought this house. So the house is technically in my name, but I say it's her house. I'm just paying for it. One of those kind of things. Mikasa Sukasa. Yeah, I dig it. So, how did you guys meet? Uh oh man, this is not not the greatest story. But uh, <laughs> I was day drinking with some buddies, and there's a bar, a college bar in town here that has a really dope patio. It's like the only bar that has like a really big, like good patio. And Michigan, like, you, there's such a short period of good weather that or patio like you say patio weather you know Hell so yeah, we do it here. yeah it's it it sucks so there's only a few bars that have really good patios so that's why i hang out at the college bar because they have a nice patio so i was hanging out there with some buddies day drinking and this group of girls walks in and she was part of that group and i, I was shit canned not gonna lie <laughs> it's like three in the afternoon i'm just hammered and uh my buddies are hitting on her friends 
And then later that night, I see them out at another bar. I see her out at another bar. It's like the nightclub, in, like one of the nightclubs in town. I used to, I used to, I used to DJ at this bar. I don't know years ago, but I had I had like Friday night residency there, and I still know a lot of the employees. So it's like one of those situations where I can kind of get everybody in, whatever, you know, low key sleep, slide through the back door, skip the line, and. I see these girls waiting in line and I'm like, oh crap, I can, I can get these, get them in, right? So I go, get them in, whatever. <clears throat> and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is like this crazy coincidence. What are the chances that these girls are here, right? Well, come to find out my buddy's invited them. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. it had nothing to do with me at all or no, nothing to do with the coincidence, nothing like that. It was, it was totally planned. But we didn't exactly hit it off, not going to lie. She did not like me at first. She thought I was a fuck boy. And <laughs> like, yeah, I had a horrible reputation. And it's, I had a horrible reputation. I can't, can't deny it. I did. And so what's that? What's a, what's a horrible re reputation? What's that from? Just uh, playing around, having some fun? Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if anybody listening wants, doesn't know what a fuck boy is, you can Google it. So you were a fuck boy. You weren't, she didn't just think you were a fuck boy. You I, were checked, a fuck boy. I checked off a few of the boxes in, in <laughs> the, the category. I wouldn't, I would never classify myself as that. I was a classier version. Um, <laughs> but I was definitely a guy that liked to hang out with women and have fun and, you know, <clears throat> all the stuff and the things. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So she wasn't, you know, wasn't entirely wrong. She, she had every right to be standoffish. I'll put it that way. Okay. And I was into her. I was into her because she wasn't into me, honestly. Uh, that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> it was the chase. That, that had a ton to do with it because I was so such, I have such a giant fucking ego that <laughs> the fact that she wanted nothing to do with me was like, it was like a just like a sword in the back, you know, I was like, God, what? You don't like me? How's that even possible? You know? And we went on our first date. I thought it was great. She thought it was absolutely fucking horrible, horrible. And I'm thinking like, yeah, that went great, you know? And my follow-up conversation with her, she's like, you thought that went well? And I'm like, yeah, how did it not? What do you mean? She's like, all you did was talk about yourself. I never even got a word in. And I was like, oh, okay. So I ended up sending her flowers, had flowers delivered to her work twice in one week. Um, got her to go on a second date with me. That second date, I was a little more mindful of her and made sure that I let her talk and all that type of stuff. And that one went well. Uh, Still didn't get a kiss or anything at the end of it, so I was a little pissed off. But <laughs> after that, she warmed up to me, and that's all she wrote, basically. Yeah, man. I absolutely connect with that in every single way. I think uh, the right woman will help you grow and help you realize your, some of your shortcomings as well. So if um, listening isn't one of them, then you know that's awesome for you. Oh yeah, she calls me on my bullshit all the time. And she's she's I can guarantee you I would not be where I am today had I not met her. I'd probably still be doing the barfly, you know, bar star life, 
I wouldn't, I don't even know that Lux Entertainment would be as as successful as it is if I had not met her just because, you know, I, I put more energy into it because of things that she's told me and, you know, just, uh, recommendations and I don't know, I don't know, just, she's helped me a lot with the whole brand development and everything. She's a photographer too. So she takes all my, like any, any like good picture of me on Instagram, she took. (laughs) It's good to have. Yeah, it's nice to have a girlfriend that knows how to use a camera, definitely. And it's also good, and I think maybe I'm gathering this. Um, so with her saying that the first date wasn't good and giving you the opportunity for the second date, it sounds like she could be honest with you too about about pretty much everything. So, I mean, like obviously, like I feel like most girls would just blow you off and be like, fuck this guy. Like, oh, I had fun, and then just never get back to you. Yeah, so she she loves to rub this one in, but supposedly after the first date, I text her 15 times in a row without a response. <laughs> I may or may not have actually done that. I I don't know if it was actually 15, but it was it was quite a few, and it was one of those. It's like what you not you're not into me. You don't like me. What you know one of those type of things, and. I don't know how, I don't know how or why. I think it was the flowers. I think she felt guilty. I honestly think that I guilted her into a second date. That's what happened. <laughs> You're not Italian either, are you? I'm Polish as fuck. <laughs> Usually us Italians have a lock on the guilt, uh, the guilt successes, I guess you could say. No, I, I, I'm, I'm Polish. And I make a lot of dumb Polak mistakes. <laughs> I mean, we all make mistakes, man. You could just throw in whatever nationality you are and then and center it around that mistake. Hey, saying say, say it's a dumb pull-off mistake is, gives me – that's like a scapegoat. <laughs> uh, I don't even have the, I guess, guinea mistakes, whatever, a stupid guinea, pig-headed guinea, whatever you want to call me. But when you texted her 15 times there, was that you texting her or was that whiskey or your drink of choice texting her? <sighs> Probably a little bit of both. Um, it was probably some sober text, then some drunk text, then some sober apology text for sending the drunk texts. <laughs> and yeah, and it was one of those things where she would she responded. I was it was it was more than just text. So it was like I text her, then I'd like message her on Snapchat, and then <laughs> then I text her. But the messages on Snapchat were usually like I was responding to her her story. Okay. So it wasn't like a a message. It was just a message about the story, right? But I was just making up things just to start conversation. It was like a passive, hey, pay attention to me. Yeah, exactly. So um, we, I used to own a uh, company that marketed towards DJs, and we would do uh, with DJ Core, if you know DJ Core from South Dakota. Yeah, so Chris Hintz actually had a huge impact on the whole Lux Entertainment brand. Did he? We'll talk about yeah. that in just a second because um, I love Chris, and Chris is going to be a future podcast guest as well. Um, so Jeff and I noticed um, when we had projects that were due or coming due or like if a client sent an email to us, we would get the guilty likes or the hey, pay attention to us likes. Like that particular client would start liking everything and like, hey, that's awesome. Cool thing you're doing there. And uh, yeah, kind of similar to your Snapchat story. Tell me more about Chris, though. How did he have uh, an impact on Lux? Oh man, so this one's this one's rough. <clears throat> so I kind of mentioned that because we got delayed 
I'd started drinking. And yes, which is awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So, your Manhattan is gone. It was delicious. I don't know if oh. you can see this, but you can kind of see the branding on the glass where it says Lux Entertainment. So uh, I've got a very small screen. I've got a teleprompter, and it's just to basically to help oh, me eye to eye gotcha. with my guest. Yeah. So, I don't. I'm gonna pour another drink. I don't know if I want Blanton's or Weller or what I want. Four what roses. Weller, what Weller do you have? What do you think? Now that now that you're flexing the Buffalo Trace uh, allocated stuff at me, um, what do you, is it just Weller SR? Or what do you what do you have? Um, I've got Antique 107. I've got Special Reserve. But you're you're already some deep, right? I already had some Weller and a, and a pour of Blanton's. I would go cheap, man. I've got some ten year McKenna. I've got some seventeen ninety two foolproof. Uh yeah. EH Taylor small batch. I've got little booker, big booker. You've got all you've got all the allocated stuff there. It's uh I would go I would go with the McKenna ten. It's easier to get. Jefferson's Ocean. That's where we're going. Nice. We're going sailing. All right. So the Chris Hent story. This one's this one gets better every time I tell it. Cause I don't know if it gets like more fabricated or more uh I guess more real or less real or I don't, I don't know. But every time it's, it's a little different because I see it I see it a little different in my mind. But basically what happened was I went to I'd never been to a DJ conference in my life. And I bought tickets to Midwest DJs Live. And I just rebranded. So my DJ name is DJ Lowstacks. It's my Instagram handle. It's my YouTube handle. It's all that stuff. DJ Low Stacks. The story behind Low Stacks, I'll tell it really, really fast. Basically, I was that guy at the bar. My DJ name was DJ LS. My initials. Super generic. Everybody in the early 2000s, your DJ name was D your freaking initials. I swear to God. So <laughs> people would come up and be like, hey, uh, what, what does LS stand for? And one of my buddies kept saying, oh, it stands for Low Stacks because he's broke as fuck. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like, whatever. Way to be a dick. He'd do it in front of girls and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, he was kind of right because I was that dude that would get on the mic and be like, hey, bring your DJ a shot. <laughs> like, you know, and they would. But still, <clears throat> that's, how the, that's how the Low Stacks came about. And it's freaking stuck. I could not get rid of it. Everyone starts calling me it. People are calling me Stacks or what's up, Low, because my name's Logan. So they say, what's up, Low? You know, whatever. Um, so my DJ name was Low Stacks. I decided to rebrand three years ago now, and I was Low Stacks Entertainment. All right, cool. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this <clears throat> this DJ company, Low Stacks Entertainment. I got T-shirts made. I got business cards made. I had my website revamped, you know, to Low Stacks Entertainment instead of just DJ Low Stacks. And I'm like, I'm so freaking proud of this shit. And I show up to Midwest DJs live and I'm like rocking my low stack shirt because I had my YouTube channel with a thousand subscribers and I was I was a badass, right? Well, after like the first day, Joe Bunn introduces me to Chris Hentz. We're down like in the, the bar area and I'm talking to Chris and Chris is intimidating as fuck because he's wearing like this suit with like a paisley t-shirt and he looks like freaking Lex Luthor and like just <laughs> intimidating the fuck out of me. Like I never heard that um, one. It's 
it's it, Chris is awesome. I love Chris, but he scared the shit out of me when I first met him because he he was intimidating. He's a big he's a big guy, you know. I'm six four and he's like as tall as me but wider. And I just I wasn't sure if he was gonna beat me up or or what he's gonna do. But he's like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm Chris. I'm, I'm Logan. He goes, oh, you got a card? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I give him my business card, and he looks it over and he goes, huh? And I was like what's up he goes can i give you some constructive criticism i was like yeah sure he's like change your name i was like what <laughs> like can you imagine like the what everything that poured all the emotion that poured through my body when he yeah. said that <laughs> it was like and he took everything out of it took everything out of me <laughs> that was your first like, interaction with with chris yeah yeah change your name like, can i give you some criticism change your name yeah yeah within the first 45 seconds of talking. It wasn't like, how did you come up with this name? Tell me the story behind it. No, change your name. And then, I know Chris, that's, that's a Moscow mule talking, but yeah, anyway, probably. But yeah. probably. And then, then it got into that. I mean, this, this was like, this conversation was probably, and we were, we were drunk, but it was probably a couple hours long, possibly. I don't know. It, it at least an hour long conversation, but it went into, where did your name come from? I told him the story. And then he went into, nobody wants to work for a self-titled DJ company. There's a few that, that, you know, break that mold, like Bun DJ Co and whatever. But for the most part, nobody wants to work. If you want to be a multi-app, you should change your name because nobody wants to work for a self-titled DJ company. I get it. And he goes, also, this does not read low stacks to me. When I look at it, it says low tax. And I was like, uh, okay. And he goes, are you a fucking accountant? No. So, uh, and he goes, also, you know, what does it mean? It means like you don't have any money, right? So that comes off as cheap. So basically, you know, he went into this, this spiel about why I should change my name and all the things that were bad about it and if I wanted to scale and all this type of stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm going to listen to this guy because he seems to know what he's talking about. He dresses super nice, and I think he's probably – he looks like he's loaded. <laughs> so so I listened to him, and he – basically, long story short, Chris ends up telling me – I'm really I'm really just destroying the story. But it, it, he told me to get a hold of him, uh, email, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, come up with five DJ name ideas. And um, we would take those names, and he'd help me kind of narrow it down to one that worked. Well, Lux was one of them, but it was L-U-X-E, not L-U-X-X. And he was actually the one of the, gave me the idea to do an X because he had done some market research on Lux Entertainment and determined that there were some other ones in there. But basically, if you change it to an X, there weren't as many. And that kind of correlated the low stacks with the Lux, right? Okay, so yeah. L-O-S-T-A-X, L-U-X-X. So it's kind of, it kind of reads it the same almost, right? So that was kind of the, the idea behind it. So we, we, we settled on Lux and then he told me about Logo Tournament, had me submit into Logo Tournament. <clears throat> and that's where this logo came from was Logo Tournament. And that's all she wrote. I paid my web, my website guy, another bazillion dollars to <laughs> rebrand my website from low stacks entertainment to Lux entertainment because no, I don't use Wix or Squarespace. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically how it went. That is incredible. It's that, that story just kind of blows my mind. 
because I do know Chris like the um, the expert, but like I know Chris the dude better. And I I, I kind of wish Chris would come at me sometimes like that, but like I think Chris is I'm friends and he's probably a little more sensitive with me. I think I don't know if it was like a, I want to take you under my wing kind of thing or what. I, I I've talked to Chris a bunch of times since then, you know, and he he he'll text me once in a while, I'll be like, hey, just kind of checking in, you know, what's up, bro? How you doing? You know, that type of thing. Or, you know, like I saw him at the collective and, you know, whatever. But yeah, I don't I'm not really sure why he why he took a, a liking to me, but he did. Eternally grateful. I've I've thanked him a million times and he's probably annoyed by it by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think he likes the praise. Um probably. Man. Probably. It's incredible, man. That's that's a great story. I love the brand. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely as somebody who uh, is very brand centric, I'm, I'm a big fan of Lux, and I like the way you do it, the way you present yourself. So, I mean, yeah, all compliments, man. Thank you. Web, website looks great, by the way, too. Checked it all out beforehand. Thank you. Yeah. So that's actually done by it's a guy here, a kid here locally. I say kid; he's my age. Um, <laughs> my original just DJ Lowstacks website back years ago. And I just had it kind of hosted through him or whatever. And uh, I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, I want to revamp my website. He kind of helped me. And he does, it's all built through WordPress, but it's, he doesn't use any templates. He like builds it all custom, I guess. So there's, there's positives and negatives to that. The positives are no one else will ever have a website identical to mine. The negatives, I can't go in there and edit most things myself. Just a little I can edit some of the copy and stuff like that, but a lot of it he has to do. And he's so busy, it's sometimes tough to get him to do things. Like right now, I'm trying to get him to – I want a pop-up to come up when you go to my website that says we are no longer booking 2021 events. <laughs> and because I'm getting like seven freaking inquiries a day, and it's, it's insane. Man, man. Yeah. And I've got to go into Dubsadu and cancel my workflows on every, on everything because I, I don't have any – I don't have any DJs. I I can't book any more 2021 events. We're done. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. I need him. He doesn't, he doesn't understand how crucial it is. I like, dude, I need you to do this for me. I forgot that our common bond too was, um, I think you and I are probably, at least in the large scale DJ community, we're probably two, like very, in the very small group that actually uses Dubsado as DJs. I yeah. love it. So do I. And so I had sampled or I did a trial of HoneyBook and my previous job before I started selling food to restaurants, the, the CRM that I used through that job, the way that the workflow and like everything, the layout and everything, it was very similar to Dubsadu. And that's why I was kind of drawn to it. Uh, and, you know, I, I like it. It's, it's, it does everything that I need it to do. I wish it had like text, text message features. I wish, wish that would happen. I wish it had an app. Um, the mobile version is okay. Uh, yeah, I, I've got my, I love it overall. I came from DJ event planner and I was a long-term DJ event planner user 2010 um, or so. And I think they launched shortly before I started using it. So I was a pretty, pretty first run user. It just never developed beyond what it needed to. Like, so DJ event planner, I will say it does everything you need to do as a mobile DJ in the worst way possible, in the most difficult way possible. So if you need to do uh, scheduling, it's it's difficult. If you need to 
you need to really, really spend time building it out. And even with eight plus years on it, I just, I just reached my wit's end and, and the visual look and feel of the software didn't match my brand, which is super important. Um, so when you mentioned texting, there are other software. I, so I don't use Dubsado for sales. Uh, Dubsado starts for me when I send out a contract. Um, there are other software pieces. Uh, Mike Petritus, who is uh, this week's guest, he does sales coaching. He has yeah. an automation software that he's white labeled. Um, it, it's beautiful. And, and that's what I use for my sales. But you could also use something like Active Campaign. And you can do that by simply putting forms on your website. It gets driven to Active Campaign. And you kind of write out the sales process. So as a salesperson, one of my weaknesses was getting in touch with people first and follow up. And we built that in uh, Mike Petritus and I built that to be automated. Um, so it gives us trigger points and everything like that. And for a busy person like you, it's something to look at. Um, it's not, not difficult to do, but again, just like anything, it's setting it up. Yeah. Mike actually helped me out. How oh, back what it might've been probably two years ago. I met, I met him. Well, I met him when I met Chris Hence. actually, I met, I met Mike at the Midwest DJs live 2019, I guess it would have been. And he helped me out. He ended up helping me out with uh, some Facebook campaign stuff, kind of narrowing down your demographic and, you know, the the whole engage three months, engage six months, all yeah. that type of stuff, you know. So drilling down on the, the Facebook marketing thing. He helped me out with that. And he's actually built some websites for some other uh, DJ companies close to me. Uh, none of them, like, directly in Kalamazoo, but in, in Michigan anyway. Um, uh, it's, there's one, one down probably about an hour south of me. And then, uh, Thomas Heath events, which is a couple hours north of me, he yeah. did his website as well. So definitely the kid's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think the websites that he builds are probably better than the one that I have, but I'm kind of partial to the guy that does mine just because I've known him since I was like 16. So it's, that's kind of the one of those types of situations. Um, I'm but, on Squarespace. And, and like you said before, like your website looks different than everybody else's. Ah, man, I like now, like everybody's on Squarespace. I feel like they're just clones of each other, including my site. Yeah. But do clients actually notice that? That's the thing. It's like, I get compliments on my website. So like, there's probably little touches you can make and, and a website's a website. If the content's good and speaks to them, then, uh, it's oh, it's more about the copy and the pictures and having good video and it's all it's more about that than than the actual site itself you know we're the only ones that care about that just like just like we're the only ones that care that our tape that our, that our cables are all black and that you know they're taped down and i mean there's straight up like five-star venues i work at that have orange extension cables really like the, yeah i mean that i guess in the non-psav venues i guess you could say but uh yeah yeah man it's 100 uh, percent I know all of the official Penn State owned venues, if they're um, doing any kind of AV work, all of the extension cables are orange. And that's I, actually, so crazy. And like, I am, I'm going to say this because I've actually been to therapy for like control issues. And I've realized like in relationships that I've got control issues in the past, but I don't even give a fuck about this. If I see an orange cable at a wedding I'm DJing, I will swap it out with my stuff and then wrap theirs up very nicely and set it aside. <laughs> Uh, this is this is something I'm doing. It's associated with me. I'm the, I'm the electronics geek, I guess you could say, as a DJ. 
So I don't want people thinking that's mine. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with it. I, I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't something that, that I was even conscious of for a long time. And, you know, I, this is, I'm probably one of the few people, well, I, I don't want to say few. I'm one of the original people that joined the DJ's vault that actually literally took every ounce of Joe Bun's information in like a sponge. Yep. Um, and, and basically, I mean, I, I've got, I've got him to thank for a lot of what I do too, to be honest with you. You know, he's been awesome. I mean, Joe, I'd say like the two, the two people that I've met since Lux Entertainment came to fruition that I talked to the most are probably Joe Bun and Justin Reed. So Justin's amazing. You need to, you need to get Justin on this podcast soon. Uh, I'm good friends with Justin and I think I probably need to put the effort in. I'm not going to put the blame on him, but yeah. We need to get him on as a guest because he's yeah, a cool he, won't, he won't he won't do it on his own. No. no, he's busy, man. I get it. Yeah, oh yeah. But Justin is the type like if I call that if I call that fucker, he'll answer the phone. He will. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's like driving on the road or like, dude. I called him two weeks ago to ask him a question. I was having some issues with one of my guys, and I call him, and he's like, "What's up, bro?" He's like literally in the drive-through ordering coffee, and then he runs in and drops off some dry cleaning, and like he's like doing like this whole routine on the way to the office. He's like talking to me the entire time, like he didn't need to do that, but he, you know, he did. So, you know, that's that's respect right there. And you know, he always he's really good at taking conversations and putting them into bullet points yeah. and spitting them back at you. Like, bro, you are really, you really, you really are paying attention. <laughs> it's, it's wild. And as somebody who's so big on the visual branding of things, he actually inspires me, the new Uptown branding. I'm oh, dude. Yeah, no, when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, what's, what is this? Oh, oh, he, oh, he completely rebranded. This is, this is sweet. So if you look at that visual refresh or rebrand, everything from his website to his logo, to his YouTube videos, they're great, but I'm going to straight up pay him an honest compliment. I think he's got the best social media of any like multi-op DJ company in the country right now. He's, he's completely crushing it. That's the template that you want to follow. He does a hell of a good job, especially the, the newer stuff. His newest videos and all that stuff are just yeah. their next level. The, the way that he talks, I want to buy from him. I don't care what he's selling. It's like the way it. he talks. Fun, fun, fun fact about Justin Reed, though. The night that I met him, was at Midwest DJs Live. He's wearing an uptown hat. I'm drunk, nervous, because I just met Joe Bunn in person. <laughs> um, and some other guys. Joe, like, you know, I, the the original launch of the DJ's vault, I was like, an, I'm an affiliate for the DJ's vault too. And I, apparently, like, there was quite a few people that subscribed because of my my link or my video that I did, my review video. So Joe's like just pouring drinks down my throat, you know, he's like, yeah, drink, bro. I'm like, oh, cool. But he doesn't even, little did I know that he doesn't even drink. So he's like. Yeah, it's, he's, he'll sip, but like, I, I think that's even fake, fake sips, man. Dude, he's like, what do you drink? I'm like, yeah, you know, whiskey and Coke. He's like, oh, two doubles, you know? So he's like, give me drinks. So, and then I walk up to Justin and he's got like Yeezys on, and his uptown hat and his beard. And I'm like, this dude just looks intimidating as fuck. So I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Logan. He's like, oh, hey, Justin, nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. And we're talking. And 
I literally said this to him. I said, so how did you come up with the name Mint? And he goes, I'm not Alex Nepa. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how the fuck did he confuse me and Justin Reed? I'm I don't five, know. Five, he's six foot. He's got a beard. I'm bald and shaven. I have no idea. And he's wearing a freaking hat that says Uptown Entertainment right, <laughs> on the, like, like right above the bill. It was, I don't know. I have no idea. No idea how I did that, why I did that. But hey, I knew who you were back then, apparently. I think my camera is drunker than I am. Do you see what it was just doing there? No, I wasn't sure if that was my internet connection or if that was your camera. I think I've got this uh, soft light on a little too harsh, which is whatever. All good. Um, so yeah, I love Justin. Joe, I've got some, I have actually two stories to tell you here. So number one, Joe Bunn. I've known, John, I've known Joe Bunn 10 years now. This is probably going back to 2015. I think it was the first year I started Mint and because I was in the Think Tank at the time. We went to Wedding NBA and Joe Bunn, Jason Clock, me, Chris Hintz, some wedding planners um, from my market. Um, since Wedding NBA is kind of all inclusive to everybody in the wedding industry, chain smokers were playing at Omnia and Omnia was brand new at the time in Vegas. It's that big chandelier that comes down. Have you been to Omnia? Yeah, yeah. It, it's fucking crazy as a club. So we had some hookups, and we were able to get in whether we were getting bottle service or not. And Jason Clock is all about being in the crowd, like in the pit. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not opposed to that either. You know, just I'm not. I don't need to be pouring bottles down my throat. But Joe Bun's like, Nepa, you're a grown ass man, because Jason Clock's a little bit younger. He's probably close to eight years younger than me and uh, i'm 42 joe bon is you know close to 50 and joe bon's like nepo you're not gonna sit out there in the crowd come on man you're a grown-ass man he just kept on repeating <laughs> grown-ass man you're a grown-ass man so we ended up spending probably about yeah 1500 bucks each on bottle service and joe bon doesn't even drink but he was fucking more hype than anybody you've ever seen in that booth Dude, him on the Evolve 50, bro. Dude, yeah, yeah that's that's Joe Bond, man. He loves music. He loves the atmosphere. He just does not want to be around the plebeians. And my second story from Wedding NBA, which actually kind of takes me back to like very much, very similar to your Chris Hint story. This is the first year I did, I had Mint. I love my branding still. Like I, I, I'm a big fan of obviously what I do. And then I'm not ashamed to say that. But we do nightlife, we do weddings, um, we do corporate, but we didn't really have a focus on our social media. It was everything from sloppy club flyers to like homemade videos of my employees to really professional videos that were done at our wedding events, things like that. And But I was super proud of it at the time, not knowing any better. We were super active. We would post, post two to three times a day. And I sat down with the cutest girl. I was single at the time. Sat down with the cutest girl from the knot at this, this hotel bar, um, whatever. It was a shitty little hotel, like a nice, actually a nice hotel, but it was off just a little bit off the strip. And she, like, I sat down next to her. We had struck it up, had some drinks. And I was like, oh, let me show you my social media because she was doing social media in some role for the knot. Just like so proud of it, man. I was like, fucking my ego is up here. And she's like, just scrolling on my phone. She's like, oh, this is fucking trash. What do you guys even do? <laughs> she's like scrolling through. She's like, what is this shit? Who's this guy? Who took this picture? And she tore me apart, but she also gave me a strategy, which as drunk as I was, I still remember and, and almost still follow. It's just like 
use professional photos, make sure everything's clean, make sure everything's uniform, have a rhyme and reason. And stories just came out then she too. And she's like, if you've got random things like to promote nightlife events, she's like, throw that in your story. So that, that's my story there. My very similar to your Chris hints, like, you know, you're proud of something and just get knocked down. But it, the, the hit actually is a positive, I guess you could say. Well, yeah, you know, that, that's just a, that's a personality trait to take things, <clears throat> take things and I guess, uh, grow from them and, you know, actually digest them and figure out how can I, how can I take this constructive criticism and better myself from it, you know, um, whether it be my DJ business or my day job or whatever, like I, I'm constantly trying to just evolve and do whatever I can do just to be that much better to like, you know, what do they say? What's the saying? improve one percent a day or whatever however that's that's my go-to man one percent every day yeah something like that you know it's just it's i i try to do that every day whether i'm hungover or not sometimes i'm pretty (laughs) and and i apologize if i'm the cause for your hangover tomorrow dude you know you you're gonna be because i fresh cracked this weller 107 and i had two just super tall pours so i was honestly kind of nervous you know I've, i've never been on a podcast before so it's new. It's new. I'm, I'm glad you have popped your cherry, man. I'm going to pour just a tiny little bit more of this. We could definitely got just a little bit more to talk about here. Hopefully I'm not hungover. So typically we just have a cocktail and we do like, you know, two pours and, and that's it. But the free pours do get dangerous and hangovers get dangerous. Going back to the 1% thing, though, you have to think about everybody that has ideas. Everybody has an idea. Everybody has a hundred ideas, but nobody acts on those ideas. So if you start sloppy, you know, low stacks, DJing at a bar, whatever the case may be, you started, you took the initiative to actually start to do something and you're continually improving. So in no time, you're going to be an expert, especially compared to the person who just lives that regret of never starting. Right. No, that's, that's a very good point because there's so many people I think it's, it's a different mindset. It's a, Hey, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. You know, I'm, I've got other friends that are entrepreneurs and they'll, they'll start something, but they never finish. You know, they never, they never really truly put in the effort. They never, they, they think of these ideas that are going to be these great ideas. And if those ideas don't take off on their own with the, the minimal effort that they put in, they just give up. It's over. And I, I'm going to point out a Matt Redicelli quote that like is something I live by and die by. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. And that can be applied in a thousand different ways. But I kind of rely – I always relate it to the tech world where things launch in beta and constantly get refined. They're putting right. it out there. Yeah. Yeah, version 1.1, 1. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, you know. Yeah, man. Constantly getting refined. So before I was active in the DJ world, I actually did um, online marketing for a company locally here in State College. And I found my way through my charm and dumb luck. I went to a conference, a tech conference in Chicago, and I found my way into dumb luck into Google's Christmas party, the Google Chicago office Christmas party. 
and I was able to have a long conversation with their third employee, who was their first female employee. And she she kind of said the same thing. She's like, we just want to constantly launch shit. And if it doesn't work, we'll just continue it. No harm done. And if it works, then just keep on refining it. And I think that's I think that's how we need to think about things, whether it's getting on YouTube, putting out mixes, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. As long as it's good. <clears throat> mixes. That's another thing. Are, are you putting mixes out? I haven't done one in a long time. Nate Nelson was actually the one that got me back. So here's another, this is another history lesson. So back probably, I don't know, nine years ago, I would say nine, 10 years ago, I went, my mom moved to Phoenix. I went out there to Phoenix. I met, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name now. Holy crap. It's the freaking bourbon. Yeah. Um, I met, I met a DJ. I'll just say that. I met a DJ. He was doing video. I'd never seen anybody doing doing video before. This this completely new to me. Like, oh, mind blown. This guy's doing video. Well, he ends up hooking me up with some videos. Long story short, I come back and start doing video. Well, I ended up having an opportunity to do some events at this country bar. And I don't know the first thing about mixing country music. And a lot of it is not mixable because it's 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 instruments right yeah yeah so i'm trying to find redrums and edits and things like that of country and there's like nothing at this at this time there's nothing there's hardly anything um like dj silver dj steel rest in peace to dj steel um and a couple other guys are are doing some country edits uh I started, I, I started dabbling Aiden in Ableton and next thing you know, I'm, I'm making my own redrums, not edits, not full on edits, just redrums, just putting bass lines behind bass kick, a little bit snare, you know, behind a country song and making it mixable, adding an eight bar intro, eight bar outro, that type of stuff. Well, next thing you know, I've got, I don't know, a dozen or so songs on SoundCloud with a million plus plays because I'm putting, I'm doing redrums of, Things like Florida Georgia Line and Thomas Red. Million plus plays. Oh yeah, my 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 uh, SoundCloud right now. I still have a couple songs that haven't got pulled yet that have over a million plays. Holy so, shit! Yeah, so I was one of the first. I would say the first dozen guys that were actually redrumming country. Okay. Uh, and then in, it that gig ended. They didn't want to pay me, and I right, stopped surprising. doing it. So I stopped doing country redrums. But I completely had gotten out of the whole, you know, redrum scene completely. So I just want to re- give everybody a quick background. Uh, redrums are actually just when you put like a steady drum beat or a little bit heavier of a drum beat behind a song that doesn't have that heavy, steady drum beat, like a rock song or a yep. country song or an older song that doesn't isn't mastered in the same way as modern songs. Mm-hmm. More so, taking a country song and making it mixable. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Were you doing videos like so? Redrums with videos too? Yes, yes. So I was for my own use. I I never had any of the videos were never uploaded. The the redrums I was uploading those to you or to uh, SoundCloud, but the videos you know were just were just mine, which I was literally just taking the original music video, ripping them off of 
YouTube and editing them in iMovie. <laughs> so, yeah. But it worked. You got the job done. It did. And at the time, I was literally the only person in my area that was DJing music videos. So what? I actually bought my second MacBook ever um, because my previous MacBook couldn't handle video. <laughs> So I got into video too in the uh, early 2000, late 2000 singles, uh, early 2010s, I guess you could say. And the, a club that I'd worked at had bought big TVs and I just saw value in it. And I saw DJ Second Nature at the uh, Atlantic City DJ Expo doing his thing. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. So my number one, um, I, I was, I didn't know Matt Radicelli at the time. I didn't hear him speak. Um, and I did not know of that quote, done is better than perfect. I was a fucking perfectionist and I would spend hours editing every video to kind of make it unique to me. And the clubs, club gigs, I mean, as you know, as a wedding DJ, I mean, bars and clubs are fun. They could be rewarding. And when you travel, they pay pretty well, but my local club gigs, I mean, I love doing them. I'm not going to complain, but they're not paying me enough to justify spending three hours on every song I play to make something cute and unique that nobody's really paying attention to. And if it is so unique, people would be staring at the screens and not dancing. So I'd have like that weird kind of non-dancing, everybody's staring at a screen kind of atmosphere. So I got out of it. Um, and it was just kind of like me accepting like, okay, I'm failing at this. I'm spending too much time on it and not making enough money. Let's kind of focus on what I'm good at and what I love. Yeah. The video thing is never, it really never did take off here. Um, yeah, not, I don't think it took off anywhere like as big as it should have. No, like there's, there, I mean, there's still, there's some guys that still kill it with video. Drew Pierce, like he's like, he does, freaking, yeah, yeah, he's, he does DJ all... extravagant. Yeah, he does an awesome job with it. Um, and I can think of a, a few other guys around the country that that do really well with it. DJ Blaze, um, mm -hmm. he's huge, huge. He's from Vegas, right? Uh, he's originally from Florida, Tampa, I think, but yeah, he's in Vegas now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think there's only, there's only a handful of guys that I can think of that really done well with video. Uh, I think it's a lot of them, you know, they do their own edits and that type of stuff. So that's, that's definitely helpful, but the amount of extra work that goes into it, I feel like it's really tough to get to monetize that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you... I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. So DJ Second Nature is probably the biggest video DJ that I know of. I don't, I don't know if you know him or not. Atlanta, Georgia. Um, yeah, he's he's a big guy. He was like the, one of the original Funky Mix remixers. Uh, he, he's done a lot. But he actually does, uh, right now his big job is uh, all the Turner Broadcasting System, like commercials and interludes and then vignettes i guess you could call them in the tv industry he does all of them now so he's kind of gotten out of the dj field and doing that but yeah it's just you know you're gonna make pennies on it and then and, and end up kind of getting uh, beat up over it i did want to ask you though in terms of djs who are some of your biggest influences i think everybody probably says this but dj am for sure was a huge yeah, huge one yeah. um I mean, Hubert, because of YouTube, uh, DJ Angelo, because of YouTube, being able to meet DJ Angelo at the collective was like, 
Do you, did, you, did you know Angelo before the collective? I knew. Yeah. Well, yeah. From YouTube. So I, I didn't. So. Oh, dude. When he walked up, like, you know, and what's strange, like, so I walk up, I walk up to him and he's a lot shorter than me, obviously. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude, like, I'm like super excited. Like, I wanted to give him like, I'm like a big freaking ogre, like wanting to give this dude a hug. Like, oh, you're like my hero. You know? <laughs> and he's just like, hey, bud. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> I feel like just an idiot because I just I just got back from freaking tacos and a bunch of drinking a bunch of tequila down the road. They go and it was, it was before like the the club night thing that yeah you know, everybody showed up to. Yeah, that's a fun was, ass night, man. Dude, that was such a crazy night. It's was, so like I feel like I'm a little jaded. Like Digital Dave is one of my best friends. We talk every day. Um, Scooter is a great friend, and he lives a half hour away from me. And I've had them in my spots to play, both of them. So I've known them both so long. I'm like, ah, I've heard everything you're doing. But Dave, like, Dave was on fire that night, like on a different level. Like, he was doing shit that I've never heard. Like, he was, he was dope. Um, there was so there was DJ Angelo, Digital Dave, Scooter. Who was the other guy? Um, he was sick as hell. Um, he's from he's from Arizona. Yeah, yeah, he's from. Um, um, is it I shitty that we don't remember this and we just know that he's dope? I'm drunk. I don't have that excuse. It sucks. I just have a terrible memory. It's um he plays I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Let's talk. <laughs> Keep talking while I search this. Yeah, that's all good, guys. Just uh if they're listening this long, they're 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 invested. They the suspense is there. Yeah. Absolutely, but he's uh he's a DJ City guy too. I think he's just dope, man. He was he fucking he was he was sick to watch, and he's he was doing the finger drumming. Oh no no you're 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 talking about Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers, yeah. Yes. Was there somebody else? Yes, I was talking about um, Dawson High. No, keep talking about Buck Rogers because Buck. No. Buck, dude, on that freaking tractor or the machine, oh my god, dude. So, guys, what finger drumming is and what Buck Rogers was doing was basically re-drumming a song, which means kind of playing out the drum beats on a song live on on a sampler machine and also kind of playing with synth elements to kind of segue into the next song. It's fucking, like, crazy to watch. But I will say it's more of a spectator DJ experience than it is like a digital Dave, like, yo, I'm going to dance my ass off DJ experience. So I feel like Dave kind of had him beat there. Um, but no, Buck Rogers was sick as hell, man. And just a dope dude. We, uh, but I'm not fucking, I don't care. But Buck Rogers and I smoked weed together and got tacos after that party. So it was fun. Dude, everybody got tacos after that party. I passed out face down just hard after that party. I was I'll, drinking tequila on ice that whole party, so I, I was fine the next day. I, I was tipsy. Full disclosure, I did eat an edible. I had like three drinks. <laughs> now, is it before the party or after? The edible? Yeah. Before. Nice. <laughs> I'm not going to say who I got it from, but he has a beard. Yeah. <laughs> so it's everybody at the party. Yeah, everybody, everybody at the damn party. Unless you're just telling um, me it's Justin Roberts after our conversation. Pardon me, Justin Reed after our conversation there. Yeah, all of them, all of them. 
<laughs> yeah, but anyway. I also really enjoyed like going back to Dawson High. Like he's a dude that I love, and he's a fucking killer man. I mean, he's like 16 years old at that party. Just like take. Can you imagine being 16 and taking that all in? No, I can't. His dad's he, gonna be the coolest fucking dad in the world. Yeah. Uh, no, Chris. Chris is really cool. So I met I met Chris and Dawson at Midwest DJ's live, and I had no fucking clue that Dawson was at that point 15 years old. Yeah. No, no idea. I thought he was 18, 20, 21, whatever. You know. And I'm talking to Chris. He's like, "Yeah, my son Dawson." I'm like, "Oh yeah." He goes, "You don't know Dawson?" I'm like, "Yeah." Almost like I'm like I should know who Dawson is, right? Like, no, I never met him. He goes, yeah, he's, he's only 15. I'm like, no shit. Well, good, good for him. Because I, I had a conversation with him, and he talks like a freaking grown man, like an adult. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, he does. Would have never thought that he was 15 years old. So that that's one of those kids that he's going to be, I don't know, he's going he's gonna to take, he's going to take that company to just another level. I know he is. It, I mean, absolutely. the company and himself personally are going to go as high as he wants to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be crazy. He has presentation. He has personality. And at this point, like as crazy as it sounds at the age of 17, maybe if that's what he is right now, he has experience. Tons of it. You know, he, yeah. the DJ since he was like 13 or 14 years old. He posted a picture this week on social media where he was like a little fat, little like a chubby nine-year-old. I and saw that playing on decks on a, on a controller, yeah. like an yeah. SX or something. Yeah. He looked like a matured, like a nine-year-old matured either. Was gonna bring me out forks, but also rock the fucking party. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> little chub- with his little chubby cheeks. That's all that picture too. It's funny. Yeah, that that night was crazy. That was a fun night. I feel like that night totally made the collective. I don't know. What, I don't know what was more epic. If it was Joe Bunn grinding on an Evolve 50 or Rob Ferrey with – did you see that Rob in the background with the pillow? He got he got kicked – like not kicked out, but he was standing on like there's a ledge where they had – they had those uh, Astera lights on this the ledge. The tubes, yeah, yeah. And he like – Rob like gets up on this ledge and he's standing there and he's got one of the DJ Collective like logoed pillows and he's just like – like doing this crazy thing and one of the guys comes from around the bar and is like you gotta get down you gotta get down i don't even think rob Frey drinks alcohol he was just a high uh, so I, i'm an original collective member and rob came in the second year and i don't think rob listens to this podcast and i definitely know his wife doesn't so i'm gonna tell the story Rob, I was one of those guys. I judged Rob before I met Rob. And I try not to do that in life, but I see Rob and he just, like, this guy's kind of cheesy. I 100% did the exact same thing. I don't know why. It's, it's an ego thing. I just think I'm fucking. It is. Cool. It's a 100 It's an ego thing. Yeah. It's I you. think I'm cooler than people and I'm Me. not. Yeah. So the second collective, we had a great steak dinner at a Tampa Steakhouse, Burns Steakhouse. Highly recommended if you're ever in Tampa. Completely affordable. Just an absolutely great experience. I mean, not the best steaks you're ever going to have in your life, but it's going to be a top five experience, like experience just because of the atmosphere and the way they present themselves. So we had a great steak dinner. We went out with planners, 
it was very tight knit. It was only 20 people then. So everybody kind of went out together. So Janai is on his phone text, like just kind of arranging a limo bus with this totally off the wall. Janai's on his phone arranging a limo bus. Everybody's kind of like, okay, let's go out. Let's take a limo bus. So we're trying to figure out where to go. We're in this limo bus after like 45 minutes after our meal. Like he got it there really fast. We all chipped in. And we ended up going to a strip club. And Rob Foray is the most uncomfortable dude in the strip club. Oh, I can imagine. And we're all drinking. And he's he's sipping. Like he's he's not getting hammered or anything like that. But he's sipping and he's shares that he's never been in a strip club before so what do a bunch of people that have been in strip clubs by the way i've also been a strip club dj in my life we buy rob dances it was less less than a year but i I was as well yeah about the same i was about a year and it would it got me better on the microphone because it's not real djing it's it's just introductions and things like that Welcome, Mercedes, to the stage. Everybody told you. And now, everybody, the tasty cinnamon. Like it's Mercedes or cinnamon or Lexus. I feel like strippers name themselves after the cars they can't afford. <laughs> anyway, so we've got Rob there, and Rob is in love with this girl. It's an all-American girl, blonde, fake titties. But he's just in love with them, and we're just all buying him dances, and he's just the happiest Rob Foray you could ever imagine. And it was after that night that I was like, we may do things different professionally, but I like this guy. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was uh, it was an experience, man. Yeah, no, Rob's great. <clears throat> he, uh, I've met him a couple times. He was at he's at Midwest Studios Live. That was the first time I met him, and then. We, we met like briefly there, like it was like a five minute conversation. And then he remembered me when we went to the collective and that stood out to me. Like when people, you know, when they re- remember who you are, you know, Oh, Hey Logan, how are you? You know, like, Oh shit. You remember who I am? That's cool. Like he's, he's authentic. And I think that's the most important thing to me when I'm making friends with people in the industry, I want them to be real. And, and again, like, when you know people at a higher level, there is a persona or a stage persona they have to play, myself included. But when you get to know the real them, it's it feels good. And 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 like, okay, this guy, you're just on the same level as him. Yeah. No, I mean that, that that's how I felt with a lot of <clears throat> a lot of people that I've met is, you know, I I feel like like walking up to Joe Bunn for the first time, you know, even though you know, the, the, the whole, my, my situation with the DJ's vault and I had had some communication with him, but the way that he was like super excited to meet me and like all that, all it's that chill, stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I can't believe this is, this is, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was wild. The same thing at the collective, you know, he came up and made sure he made a point to say hi to me, even though he had however many people there were a hundred people there. You know, to, to introduce you know, or to, to talk to you and you know and all that type of stuff he made sure that he made a point to to spend at least a few minutes with me which i thought that was really really cool but uh, yeah the, the collective are you going again this year <sighs> this is a tough conversation to have so i've i'm gonna be going to with with a child i have to be very intentional with my time and i i can only go do a couple things this uh, you know at any given time i'm lucky enough to have friends in the collective um i did not 
sign up. I was actually scheduled to speak this time. Okay. So it's not even like a cost issue. It's just like, I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know if I could do it at this time. Um, luckily, Jason, Jen, I, who I'm probably closest with out of uh, Joe Bon and, uh, and uh, Brian, he's, he's told me, he's like, yeah, you make it a last, dis- last minute decision. We've got your back no matter what. So I'm, I'm blessed in that regard. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I, I, I'm not in love with going to the same spot again. So I am. And the only reason I am is because my mom lives in Phoenix. Okay. So last year I did the same thing. I made it, I made it a double dip trip. So okay. I, I hung out with her for the, for a couple of days prior. I got there, like is it start, the collective started on a Sunday. <clears throat> I came out, I flew out on Thursday night, hung out with my mom for a couple of days. She dropped me off at, at the hotel <clears throat> and you know, then I did the collective thing and then flew home. So when I found out that it was not going to be in Asheville and that it was going to be in uh, Phoenix or Scottsdale again, I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. That's, that's awesome. It was, it was actually a benefit for me. I liked the fact that it was going to be there again. So I'm going, and one of my guys is actually going. Uh, so he was a solo op doing his own thing, and then I kind of recruited him. So he's still going to be doing some of his own stuff, but doing some stuff under Lux as well. So he's going to be there this year as well. He's going to Midwest DJs. So it's uh, so you're going to Midwest DJs. That's just in another month, right? Yeah, that's the end of April. Yeah. Yep. I was also given the uh, open invite. Like I know they're sold out, but I was told if I if I wanted to go, I still could. And I'm 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 torn. I want to because there's so many quality people going. That's a good one, dude. That so. The thing that I liked about that one, that was the first, I've only ever been, I'll be honest with you, I've only ever been to two DJ conferences. I've been to Midwest DJs Live, I've been to the Collective. And I've only been once. I've been went to Collective 2019, or uh, Midwest DJs 2019, and the Collective 2019. That's all I've ever been to. So that's the only only two that I can speak on. But the Collective, uh, or Midwest DJs rather, um, was definitely, I mean, that was the one that like pushed me to go to the Collective, really. It was just as much, I had so much fun there. I met so many cool people that I was like, all right, I'll spend two grand. I'll go to the collective. And, you know, this time around, I'll be honest, if the the collective isn't as fun as it was last year or two years ago now, I don't know if I'll spend that. It's it's a lot of money. I don't know if I'll spend that to go. It's definitely the most money. So it's, it's, is it 2,500 this year? It's a lot. It's, it's, I think it's, well, it's two. Is it two thousand plus room and board? But yeah, you've got to pay for your own room and board. So the first years, uh, the first few years, it was actually like, and it was more of a collaborative thing then. But it was basically like you pay five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred bucks, and we're all going to chip in for the room and board. We're going to, and but food and food and drink was covered. But Brian B was also losing his ass on that. Brian B was kind of investing in the future on it. But uh, but yeah, I, I still think it's worth it. Totally, like I mean, the education, like. Kaylee Weiss, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, Kaylee. Kaylee, dude, her she like took my Instagram and like just <laughs> like. Now, did you join up on her shit this week? I didn't this week. No. So the reason I, I get her I, on the podcast because I think it kind of went under the radar a little bit. Yeah, you know, she, well, she was on the. She did. Her, her and Joe are like doing some sort of collaborative thing. I think so. It's another extension. So 
Joe's got the vault. Joe's got DJ, um, the uh, the crate hackers. Dude, I'm, and, I'm uh, so like I'm in like the crate hackers thing. Like I'm an affiliate for them too. Okay. And I I haven't I can be I, like I I did most of the original crates. I haven't done one in months. And dude, this whole house thing has like, got me so disconnected from everyone. It's insane. The like, house buying is that weird. The, yeah, buying a house and just all the work I've been doing and like just I've I've been I like my mind has been on that and now well, it's an extension of creativity. So like that's where your creativity is focused right now, dude. I'm just dialed into painting and floors and doing a bathroom and, and now I'm doing a basement. I don't have an office right now and it's freaking me the fuck out. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. That would be the same. I I need that space. Yeah. Why? Well, it's, it's my it's my creative it's my creative freaking like little bubble. You know, I need that spot. And, you know, we, it's a three bedroom house and there was room for me to have my office. And I let my girlfriend put her craft room in there instead. So it's like her. So we have a spare bedroom and then we have like a craft room. And I let her do that because I was like, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to finish a room in the basement. It'll be fine. It'll be like a couple of months. I'm, I'm, I'm OK with it. I'm not OK with it. <laughs> I mean, but you will be soon, though, because you have a framed out, right? It's it's I'm almost done framing it. I'm halfway done with that. I had it framed out. By the end of tomorrow, I'm gonna to be running electrical. I'll have it. I'll have an office space in the next two weeks. You're a machine once you get that space, dude. It's gonna. I'm gonna fucking be, dude. Content like a motherfucker. <laughs> Instagram content, YouTube videos. I'm gonna be hammering shit out. I just bought a new truck, so I'm gonna start another YouTube channel that's just directed towards my truck because I bought wheels and tires for it and a lift kit and I'm putting exhaust on it. And like now, is this a personal vehicle? That's my. It's gonna be my DJ vehicle. I'm gonna pull my trailer with it and stuff. But. What, what kind of truck? It's a 2018 F150. Nice. Lariat. I'm, I'm yeah, loaded. All the all those bells and whistles and stuff. You know. By the way, after all these stock crashes that I've seen, my Ford stocks have been baller. Other than, <laughs> I mean, so one that's done me really well has been Carnival Cruises. No shit. So really? they're down a little bit. They're down like five or six bucks right now. But Are I they bought even doing. Like, 18 and some change and i bought like oh god i have like i think i've got 48 shares and i'm i'm still up like i don't know like five or six hundred bucks on that no shit ford is up yeah. close to 75 no maybe even I don't know, hey, fucking dog coin dog coin i made 1400 twice on dog coin seriously the yeah. dog e-coin thing D-O-G-E, yeah, dog. I am going to show my age, and I'm probably going to even, like, go past my age. I am, like, a 95-year-old man. I have no fucking idea what any of this digital currency – now. I don't either. I have no clue. No clue whatsoever, but I'll, I'll make money off it if I can. So Bitcoin I – I had a friend that was, like, actually a bartender at the club I DJed at, like, 10 years ago. And he was talking about Bitcoin. It was ten dollars a coin, but he was he was um I don't is the correct term farmer. He was mining bitcoins on computers. Yes, farmer. He had built servers inside of his like college apartment. But yep. I couldn't even understand so it. He's probably like, a millionaire now, right? And big time. Oh yeah, huge, huge. And but I couldn't. I could only imagine. He's like telling me to get all these bitcoins at ten at ten bucks. I'm like. Hard pass, bro. Yeah. I don't need. No, that. there's a there's a computer nerd kid that I vague I like I kind of know through 
passing or mutual friends kind of thing. He's more of a, I don't know, I kind of know the kid. Uh, same thing. He had like a hundred dollars of the Bitcoin back in 2000 or whatever. And now it's worth however many thousands of millions of dollars. Like he, but you've also like, you have to understand my perspective back then. He was the only guy I've ever smoked DMT with. So I'm, I'm like, why am I going to buy Bitcoin off of this fucking guy? Like, why am I going to listen to anything this guy's saying? Everything he said was just from my perspective was like, ah, nope, sorry, buddy. But he's the smartest guy I knew, I guess. I mean, he <laughs> did something right. That's the thing. It's like, what? so you never know. I mean, that's just pure freaking luck. Like, he just, you know, it's there's no way to... <laughs> gauge that just like tesla and like who would have ever thought tesla was actually going to be successful i didn't but they are yeah yeah i don't know i i kind of i invested in them in later than i should have and i probably didn't get out about a month and a half ago when i should have too i invested them in probably in uh i, I would say i don't know they were like 400 bucks when i invested in them and then they went up about to about 950 and I probably should have got out then, but you know these these stocks, man. It's all like, it's a fucking my, it's a game, and I I don't know how to play it. So I, I'm in Tesla for the long term, and hopefully in 20 years it's uh, like Apple where it's thousands and thousands of dollars split multiple times, but we'll see. Yeah, if there's if there was one that I could say to to jump into right now would be, I think the Carnival one's a good a good play. Just because yeah, they, were, they were at like ninety bucks, and their businesses just kind of go up when things open. Yeah, they were at like ninety bucks pre-pandemic, and then now they're they were down when I bought it. I think I bought it at like eighteen dollars and some change, and they're riding it right around like twenty four. They were up to like twenty nine there for a minute, and now they're back down to like twenty four bucks. But I can imagine when things open back up, I'm in at eighteen dollars for like what do I have forty eight shares, and they're gonna jump up. I guarantee it'll get back to close to a hundred. You know, I so think you're right. Yeah, it's a, kind of a no-brainer. Well, it's a, it's a, it's like like you were talking about. It's like a it's a long-term hold. Stocks are a weird game, though, too, because uh, so if I were you, when Carnival jumped back up and things resumed back to normalcy, and they're releasing quarterly financials and they're kind of seeming back to what they were pre-pandemic, I would probably get out because I don't. Oh know yeah, I'll sell. I'll for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take my money and run. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna sell it for fucking retirement. God. It, no. There's so many stocks like tech stocks. Like I can read a balance sheet. I under I now understand profit of the profit and loss because I run a business. But the tech stocks are a different world because you're basing the value of tech stocks on users and and metrics that aren't necessarily a balance sheet. Yeah, no, I don't. So that stuff's different because the the slightest little thing can the slightest little announcement or whatever can make a stock just just. The, the manipulation is insane. Like with the dog coin, Elon Musk tweets about dog coin and it, you know, to the moon. It's wild as fuck. I bought into dog coin in 2018 for like two, what was it? Like 0. 0.0008 cents. I had like $68 <laughs> worth of it. And I sold that $68 for almost 1500 and then i turned around and i bought back in and i doubled my money again when it went up to i cashed out at like four 
four cents or something. Rebought in, cashed out again at like seven point nine cents or point seven nine cents, whatever it was. So I basically I doubled my money twice on on dog. I made twenty eight hundred dollars off sixty eight bucks. I just want to throw a challenge out there for anybody that's listening. If someone could explain digital currency to me, like I'm a four year old that fell down the stairs, got up, and then got hit with a baseball bat, please do so. Because I still don't get it, man. I don't get it either. I don't. I don't understand it at all. No clue. I'm willing to dump money into it, but I don't understand it. Not the slightest. So I want to wrap up here. I just want to learn a little bit more about what you're thinking about in the future. What is the next step for Lux Entertainment? Are you going to continue uh, grinding, working two jobs? Is are you going to work on the? What's your focus, man? So I, I, I want to quit the day job. I do. I can't burn it from both ends forever. Um, I'm getting burnt out already. Um, the thought of doing a wedding every weekend from May to October 24th and working my day job, you know, cause it's not, I don't have a nine to five. I am, I'm a commission based sales rep. So I work 24 hours a day, seven yes. days a week. You know, I make as much money as I want to make, you know, that's how it kind of works. So I do want to eventually quit the day job uh, and I want Lux Entertainment to be my primary income. I still want to have some side hustles. I'll always have side hustles, whether it be real estate photography. I do some drone photography for real estate already. Uh, I want to dabble a little more in that. But I would say in the next three, five at the most, I want to be 100% self-employed. That's my goal. Well, good luck to you, man. I believe in you. I think you could do it. Yeah, right now, I mean, I've got myself and four four DJs. Uh, if all four of those guys work out, I don't really want to scale anymore. I don't want. I don't want to be a fourteen-person multi-app. I want to be no more than the five that I have right now, whether it be the same five guys or a different rotation of, you know, five guys. Um, I don't want more than that, but I want to get to the point where, you know, like right now, like we're, we're, we're pretty much the top of our market and my most expensive wedding package is two grand. Okay. So it's unfortunate. It sucks. I want, well, if you, you, you or I, if you want to chat about that with me separately, I can help you there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I've been there. I've, I've felt that struggle and I've, I've got some ideas for you, but we well, can talk about that on the side. Let's do it. I got your cell phone number. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that. But my, my, my biggest hurdle there is, you know, it's the, it's, it's the price battle. You know, people, some people don't bat an eye at the price and others are like, oh, they cringe at the price. You know, it's just, it depends on the person. So and, everything um, I've ever heard, I'm going to show this little nugget with everybody listening. And there's books that tell you, tell you the background on it. Being that luxury package or having that luxury package, whatever it may look like for you, um, having that luxury package, it's like 5X higher than what the other packages are within your portfolio are. You're going to get probably 10% of buyers, like especially luxury buyers that jump on that because of the perception of like, this is so much better. And they want the best now. And where I said on the phone conversation is like, you know, I could kind of steer you in ways to kind of construct that. 
and I'm not talking about like I'm not trying to like like jack you for a fee or anything like that. I would I would have this conversation for free. I have no interest in consulting, and especially when I'm uh, less uh, heavy on the bourbon or rye right here. But yeah, it's it's putting that package together that is perceptually high and delivers that extra value. People will buy that. No, I, de- I definitely agree. Like I've, I've had plenty of situations where, you know, it's a, usually a parent buying or something like that where they're like, oh, photo booth? Yeah. Uplighting? Fuck yeah. Oh, you're going to spotlight my daughter on the dance floor? Double fuck yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this, like dude, how, how many eggs can I put in the basket kind of, you yeah. know, people. But then I also have the situation where it's the exact opposite where, you know, they want to try to re- they want to reevaluate the timeline of the event to fit into my five hour DJ package. Yeah. So we actually got rid of hourly packages. I mean, it's um, unlimited time for all of our packages. It's a premium for it. um, But I went, I went to hourly because I was having such an issue with people taking advantage of. So uh, what, what I've determined here, like uh, nobody's going to start their wedding earlier then you know like people aren't going to start their wedding earlier than what your package is like nobody's going to start their wedding at noon because you have it on package unlimited unlimited time so our packages are unlimited time up until 11 p.m and we find that kind of hits the uh sweet spot i guess you could say but what if somebody starts i mean what if somebody starts a ceremony at three which happens here often three o'clock ceremony and i'm there till 11. that's a long wedding it's seven out uh eight hours right yeah, and that happens all the time. I, I I talk people out of that all the time. I talk if you're like me, you want people, you want the dance floor full at the end of the night. You want people wanting more, yeah. not kind of trickling away. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that that's an issue, and that's kind of a way that you kind of use your expert expert expertise to help them craft a craft a timeline. Well, I usually try to push them to starting it later. Like, hey, let's start it at four, four thirty, or even five. And I have a tough time even with 20 plus years experience, like, um, I guess you could say navigating people to start their wedding later. So it's just a matter of kind of setting expectations and, and potentially have them like, even though our time is unlimited up until 11 p.m., we could set like a end time at 10 p.m. I, I have more luck with that personally, kind of navigating that timeline construction. Yeah, that that's something I'm definitely interested in talking to you more about. So, let's let's put that on the on the calendar for a Hell yeah, man. private so, private conversation. Yes. So, yeah, 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 yeah. No need to bore the podcast listeners with all this here. But uh, yeah, man, dude, it was so awesome talking to you. I want to thank you so much for dealing with my shit tonight. Uh, I am somebody who like absolutely hates being late for anything. So I was I was stressing, man, when I, when I was like, my daughter's not falling asleep. I've got two options, either try to get her to sleep or have her jump on my lap during the podcast. So I appreciate you, man. Well, I mean, in, in your benefit, what ended up happening was I drank the majority of this fifth of Blanton's. Hell yeah. I actually have a case over here by the side. So we're Wait, good. you have a case of Blanton's? Yeah, you want to see it? I'll show it to you. I do want to see it. Because I have two full blends, and I, I consider myself one of the So, 
fun fact about this Blanton's. So you're not supposed to be able to buy it like this, right? No. I went to a grocery store that got somehow allocated 32 bottles. This case is 400 bucks. So it wasn't like $400. That's it. It was well, 60 bucks a pop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's retail. That's MSRP. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's state minimum in Michigan. But I went into this grocery store, not expecting them to let me even buy six bottles. I felt like I was stealing, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I literally bought six freaking bottles. I've got there. Dude, I can't blame you. Got them all. One one day we'll have you in Pennsylvania. You could you could find out how bad our liquor situation is. It's like uh, it's like prohibition over here. Dude, Michigan's horrible. Like you can go. I can't get Weller in Michigan. I you know I drive to Ohio to get Wellers. So Weller, uh, Ohio is actually better. I've gotten mine from California, uh, WoodenCork.com. Will you pay a little bit of a premium? But... Can't, so in Michigan, I can't. I can't have a liquor delivered. So I can't. I can't. Uh... I don't I'm, think we can in Pennsylvania either, but I, I think I, I was know, surprised I, that I was even able to get your freaking package. To be honest. Oh, I don't. I tell them it's malt vinegar. I tell them I make them sending out like I say. I tell I tell them basically I make my own like hot sauces and send them out. Oh, nice. Okay. <clears throat> I was wondering because I was like, man, how the fuck did this happen? Because I can't. When I try to, I've tried to buy alcohol online and they, I can't put. If I put it in Michigan, they're like, nope, no, nah, no. Nah. So if you see me getting arrested. It's because I send out four ounces of liquor to my podcast guest. Yeah. But, but I'll take that chance. USPS, come at me, bro. Come at me. <laughs> but yeah, I want to thank you so much, Logan. It was awesome talking to you. I want to get to know you more. Let's keep on talking through text. And uh, let's get together in person sometime soon, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Thank you for getting drunk with me. And uh, hopefully you feel okay in the morning. Dude, I'm going to feel super rough, but it was well, well, well worth it. Thank you so much. All right. Sips and I'm going to do my, my YouTube outro. Okay, cool. Let's do it. It's, it's one of these. It's, it's called Peace. Oh, what's that?